Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, we are brown, ambition, 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 real quick, I'm super excited because this episode is sponsored by Dove's Hair Care Crown Collection, because we fancy on these parts, hey Mantra, how are you girl? I am ironically having a bad hair day, but I am so excited. <laughs> really? Because your hair was popping. I know. But I was upstairs. Well, you know how you're like, I don't know if you know, but I was like standing in the mirror with the scissors. Like, do I trim no. the bangs or do I just <laughs> walk away? I chose nonviolence today. So I didn't <laughs> but yeah, so excited to have this show sponsored by not just Dove, but Dove's Hair Care Crown Collection, which is all yes. about the curly. The coily, the kinky, the wave. Yes. Um, <laughs> and we're going to definitely get into, I don't know, like an in-depth, like sister girl conversation about our hair. Because you yeah. can't separate, I feel like, black women and their hair and their careers, money, business, personal life. It's just, it infuses everything. So we're going to get a little candid with y'all. Um, but I haven't seen you in a while. We had like the best, beautiful Brown Ambition. We'll call it a summit, a self-care summit. <laughs> yes. A couple of weeks ago. And then my life fell apart like the day after. But um, I feel like you saw me on a high and then the next day just, yeah, everything kind of went downhill. But that was so nice. I just it was to acknowledge really nice. that. Yes. I just so what happened was like Mandy and I were like, you know, I told you this is my year of connectedness. Well, just in general, my life of connectedness. But this year I'm really leaning into it. And I was like, I'm going to come to Worcester. Mary was like, it's actually Stop Westchester. Stop calling it Worcester. Are you doing it on purpose at this point? <laughs> no, no, no. That time I did, but I just saying, and Mary corrected me. Okay. I was saying, it said like, it's Westchester. I'm like, I'm West coming to Westchester. Westchester. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm coming. I've never been here. Yes. You always Isn't that crazy? You said a whole baby who I'd never met. I know. And like a yes. whole house. I mean, it's just a lot has happened. Not I haven't yes. seen Mandy since then, but I have not come to where she is. And I was like, you know what? And then she texted me, was like, let's make it. I was like, how about Saturday? She was like, how about Friday? And I was just going to come to the house. And Mandy was like, let's actually go to a spa. I was like, girl, say less. So <laughs> when, since, well, one, I met her up at her beautiful home. It's so crazy because Mandy's home and I, my home, the decor could be cousins. Right? Yeah. Because it's like similar yeah. colors back. I was like, ooh, I can live here. It is so cute. Her house is beautiful. And so literally like similar wall colors, similar tile color. It's just super comfy, super cozy. Um, and so we met up and then we went to, um, I guess it used to be a, a Ritz Carlton, or it is still like a 
they've kind of like yeah. reframed, right? Like um, it's the Schmancy Hotel downtown mm-hmm. is what it is, and they have a little Very spa. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I got a little hookup because my cousin does work there, um, <laughs> so we got a cute little discount. You know, not that we can be transparent about that, but um, I I started to go there because um, I sneak in and I can use the pool because I'm I've, this has been a tough pregnancy and I haven't been able to walk as much as I used to. So anyway, and then I was like, oh, you do massages too, and it's really nice. So that's my like little home away from home now. And it felt really special because I'm like, come, let's. I, I don't remember Linda. people's names, but I remember Linda. I said, Linda, girl, we go together. What size ring you wear, Linda? Melinda massaged me down, honey. I was like, wait a minute now. <laughs> it was so good. Manny and I got in a pool together. I know. No, it was like warmish, but that was just so nice to just like wade through the pool. Me and Manny just talking. It was just awesome. Yeah. And then we went to pick we the baby up, the big baby. So far. Well, we had our fancy lunch, ladies. Yeah, so that's right. A very delicious. We had lunch, lunch at a nice, street. like, beautiful Mediterranean place in the middle of the day on a Friday. Yes. That's. I just feel it feels better to me when I do those types of things during the work week because yes. I'm like, this is because you can when you have your mm-hmm. own. You know, you can manage your own schedule. But I love going to an empty restaurant in between. You know, like when there's not that many people there. Yes, um, it was lovely. And then you finally got to meet my baby. I know. We went to pick him up from from daycare. Is it daycare or school now? As it season or is it? Well, you call it. Well, he calls it cool. I don't okay. Go to okay. Cool. Well, he go. We went oh, yeah, to daycare. cool to pick him up. At first, I could <laughs> tell he was like, "Who this lady?" It took him a little while to warm up. But what let me you- tell you something about me and my bestie. That's my Rio, just so you know. When you say a little while, you mean like 30 seconds, right? (laughs) No, we got to the house. And I could tell he was like, okay, this lady's in my house. Her name is Tiffy, obviously. And then just out of the blue, he was like, oh, I've decided I like her. He climbed over the couch and just wrapped his arms around my neck, was like, I live with her now. Bye, mommy. I've never seen him do that with someone he just met. Honestly, I think that kids feed off of our energy and he's like, mama clearly loves this lady, so I love her. Like, we are related now. Um, it was so awesome. That was so cute. And instantly, I was like, I tricked, do you know how it is, mom? I tricked Tiffany into babysitting. <laughs> I was like, so he's cool. You guys are snuggling. I'm going to go get husband and I'll be right back. Uh, and I came back and y'all were in the exact same exactly. snuggling position. Yes, we <laughs> I left. We were. I, you can't ever tell my mother-in-law that because she would be so jealous. Oh. Yes, But it was the best though. He was just like, so we're friends now. Actually, best friends, and Molly's a friend too. (laughs) Molly was like, girl, what about me? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, you saw my. Listen, Molly Molly surprises everyone with her her girth. Is that the right word? Well, she's cute and thick. Her presence. She's thick. (laughs) She photographs her face is like little, but it it hides the body. The body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Legs and hips and body. Mm. Yo, Molly is giving body, but beautiful body. Okay, because we love all bodies yes. here, but yeah. She's a natural girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's adorbs. Adorable. It was so special, though. Really, I was like, so, because it's, it's different when you, it really meant something to me that you got to see, like, how I live. I'm not that I, you know, but just, like, where I live and my home and stuff. It made sense. And I was like, of course you should be here. And I wish you lived next door. Um, <laughs> you know, my, my but, favorite part was, was like, um, and this was like, I was telling to Dr. Green because I had, like, therapy on, on Saturday. And um, I was like, oh, I went to visit Manny. It was so great. I said, one of my favorite parts is that I pulled up and you were like, you know, you asked me something to the effect of, like, you know, um, what time do you have to leave? Or, like, do you have a time frame? And I said, I, this is the only thing I plan today. And it felt so good to see it, and your face lit up like, <gasps> and I just, I'm like, I that's gotcha. how I, I want life her. to go. <laughs> well, that's how I want life to go, right? That like, yes. you connect with friends in a way that's like, no, you are important to me. And as a result, like, this is it. Like, I didn't have anything else. 
it was just this. So I was gonna stay as long or short as Mandy would have me. And so, so it was an awesome yeah. time. Girl, you could have spent the night. <laughs> I, I probably would end up leaving and be like, I'm gonna go to the store. So you can I'm gonna go walk around Target for two hours. You're, You're like, I got enough sisters who do that to me. <laughs> no, I don't mind. Oh, I love it. Oh, lovely. Well, we got to make that. Um, I don't want to put pressure on it, but we got to make it. Wait, we're going to, well, I know for sure I'm going to see you this summer. Because yes. where are we going? Where are we, we going, are going to? We are going to see Beyonce. <laughs> Mandy blessed me with Beyonce tickets. I mean, I got to pay for them, but the fact that I even have access to Beyonce tickets. Yes. Mandy texted was me was so like, awesome cash. Hey, girl, got some tickets. They're awesome. Want to go? I'm like, is she... Is this crack she's smoking? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in Jersey. I had been trying to get tickets to her show in Atlanta, but it did not. I didn't get any codes. I signed up for the Beehive, the the um, the city thing, but my bestie Baron, who you met at my wedding, um, he got a code and it was so funny because he got he wasn't expecting it. he got it at work he happened to have forgotten the city credit card so he called me he's like Mandy I got the code go get your city card I'm gonna put it on your card and like we were fighting over what seats to get because Baron was being a little cheapy cheap and I said Baron we agreed the budget is 1500 I want to drop a washer dryer on this show <laughs> because I don't because I went to formation the formation tour and I tried to get good seats but I did I got the nosebleeds and I was like I owe this to myself Plus, I ain't been nowhere in three years. I haven't even seen a show like the theater. Like, it's been so long. Um, so I deserve, okay? Yes. And so Baron got four tickets and he said, okay, so you can bring a date and I can bring a date. And I was like, who the hell am I going to get him to pay this much money for Beyonce tickets? <laughs> you know me. I was like, mm. yeah. I love it because both of us are typically very, very, very frugal. Like, we're known. Yes. We're like legendary. <laughs> Like me and Mandy are legendarily frugal. But when she was like, it's 1400, I said, done, done. Yeah. But that's what I love. I like, I mean, if we're going to bring it back to like brand ambition and, and personal finance, that's what I love about this journey is because, you know, I don't spend money on things that really don't enhance my life. So when it comes to something like this, I have it readily available. And I'm like, you know, right now I'm wearing my my, my Target um sweatshirt and sweatpants. And I'm oh, like, okay, aunt, yeah, look at us. Okay. But then when it was like $1,400 bait tickets, I was like, girl, say less. Yeah. Pair <laughs> of shoes. Some people drop that on a pair of shoes. Like, yes. no. But for, I just know this is going to be so fun. A Baron's got to pick out who he's, who's bringing. And I was like, the vibe has to be right. I need approvals. <laughs> I had to get you pre-approved by Baron because hey, Baron. like be like, like beehive, I Renaissance vibes only. Like we need, it, it has to be lit. Like, um, but I'm so excited. And that's something to look forward to this summer too. Ah, so I'll be two, two months postpartum. Uh, uh. Should I bring the baby and like ask her to, Maybe we'll be close enough that like some of her sweat and baptize. Or I'll just oh like God. lift the baby up like Beyonce. Like we we'll lift you up. Bless him. <laughs> oh, we gotta figure out how we're gonna do our hair. Speaking of hair. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, my hair is uh, yeah. Should we should we should we segue into the hair convo? Because Yeah, should we take a break is... real quick first? Oh yeah, let's do that. That's what professionals would do. Let's take a break <laughs> and be right back. One more brown ambition again sponsored by doves crown hair care collection so excited we're going to come back and have a juicy combo about our locks our luscious locks hey ba fam this episode is sponsored by state farm are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget look no further than state farm state farm agents are not just insurance providers they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community 
They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And we're back in fabulous. So yeah, speaking of hair, because I'm just like, oh, I'm going to wear my hair. I was just thinking that, but I, you know, it's crazy because I'm like, I feel like as a black woman, that's what we're always thinking. Like, how are we going to wear our hair? Yeah. How's the hair going to wear us today? Yes, exactly. Because sometimes the hair just be decided for us. What about you, Mandy? Like, so like, I would like, I'm curious because our hair is so, well, I mean, it's similar, but different, like lots of curls, Mm. but like mine are extra tightly curled. Like the girls would say I have 4C. Do you know what your, um, like what your curl pattern, what would they say? I have all of them. It is like a... (laughs) Hodge, I have so many different curl patterns. My hair is so confused. And it took me a long time because I let's talk about like from baby, like from early childhood to now, like what the journey has been, because I part of me feeling as comfortable as I do now in my skin and my career and myself has coincided with me finally embracing and letting my hair do its thing. Um, But yeah, the curl patterns like I have tried to diagnose and there's just there's a million different, you know, curl patterns in there and it really obviously I'm multiracial my mom is white she's super duper white Euro- European European and, and Irish I got the 23 in me I know exactly my percentages and then my dad is blackity black 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 yes he and, is <laughs> yeah so I am like a lot of like you know I think of like a lot of mixed kids especially mixed kids raised by a, a mom who doesn't have textured hair um, God, my earliest hair memories, I don't even know what my texture was because I got my first relaxer maybe four or five years old. I do see there are some pictures in my archive of me with like really cute. My mom would like put it in pic- like these poofy ponytails and stuff, cute curly hair. But then it just stopped. And then I had these like long, straight, you know, pin straight. And I asked her, I was like, who suggested that? And she said, I thought it was my aunt's like on my dad's side. But apparently she was walking through the mall and women would like comment on my hair, black women would comment on my hair and be like, you need to take that baby and get her perm and, you know, a relaxer. And so, yeah, it started out with that. I don't remember my first relaxer experience, but when I tell you, I remember the ones after that, like from burning my scalp and, and my mom doing the just for me kits at home. Was there ever a time when you were getting, like, what was your hair growing up when you were like young, young? And you had all these sisters too. Um, Plus, I've you're in been, a household that understands yeah, hair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, because so my hair is like really, really, really like the tightly curls that you can get, like, you know, Afro texture hair. Like, if I didn't have like locks now, my hair would, you know, be like Michael Jackson Afro. Like, you know, it grows out, not down. Um, and so I've been natural like almost my whole life. I want to say I had a perm maybe two years out of my life. So literally I'm 43. So for 41 years, I have worn my hair naturally, just different natural styles, like braids and things. But when I was really little, um, like my mom, like she wasn't like this super braider. Um, 
some of my earliest memories are like of like other black women braiding my hair. Like I remember there's this little girl. Well, now I call her a little girl, but she probably was a teenager that would come and like braid my, like my, my, um, my mom would, we would visit one of my cousins. Like, I think they lived in Irvington or whatever. And she must've been like 14. And we kind of would just line up and get our hair braided by this young girl. Um, we were little, I remember, um, I did used to, especially for Easter Sunday and things, we would get our hair pressed. That's one of, some of my earliest memories, which is the worst okay. because the, the grease, hoo <laughs> like that grease, you know, like <laughs> you like hold your ear down and sometimes it's too much grease so it would literally burn Ooh. your scalp. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. um, and then, I don't know why, but I, maybe I just was really stubborn about getting my hair done, but around like, fourth or fifth grade, my mom gave me a jerry curl. Jesus be a fence. It wasn't even <laughs> in then. Like, I look back and I'm like, why would you give me a jerry curl? No, none of my sisters had it, just Tiffany. I was how like, did you have a vendetta? How do you create a jerry curl? How do you create that? Is it product or is it like a so semi-relaxer? So it's basically like a curly, it's a relaxer basically that you put like, um, that instead of like straight, you put like rods in it so it'll be curly, but you have to keep it moist. So you're you're literally wet, walking around with a wet head <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> oh my God, we gotta see pictures. Girl, yes, you do. I have a picture of me in sixth grade wearing like this Easter Sunday outfit and my first, my first foray into public school. I did not know they did not dress up for public school, um, but um, I learned that day. And so I have a purple headband and this purple Easter Sunday outfit and my jerry curl on full display. So I just remember, I don't know, like I was such a tomboy, but I hated the notion of like getting my hair done. You know, it just seemed like the world was telling me something's wrong with your hair. You have to do something with it. And I just remember being like, I wish it was like, I remember distinctly being like in like second grade that I, I loved the Brady Bunch. And I always saw myself as Jan because she was the second girl and I was the second girl. So I would put on um, um, turtleneck. Like, so imagine a turtleneck, the neck part goes here, but I would put it like almost like a headband, the, the neck part on my head and then let the, <laughs> the rest fall. And we would walk around the house and be like, that's our hair. Like I must've been yeah. like in first and second grade. And literally I just would have it swinging and say, I wish my hair swung like this because something must be wrong with mine because it doesn't do this. And so my first memories of my hair were that it was like a nuisance and that something was wrong with it because it didn't look like Jan Brady. Yeah, and I can so relate to that. I mean, my mom sitting there trying i remember crying thinking am i is my mom gonna live with me for the rest of my life am i ever gonna be able to detangle my own hair because detangle like the pain of getting you know her washing my hair in the sink and then doing the relaxer in the you know her fighting with the like the pink like should we do the pink uh grease what's it called the pink what's the pink, pink or a moisturizer mm -hmm. literally like the pink bottle and like the or the or the blue there was like some kind of blue gel i don't know yes. what it's called <laughs> Oh, blue and magic. Oh, blue magic. And then and then I, I, I like rebelled in my teenage years, just wanted to like at least be able to do my own hair. But then, of course, I couldn't. So there are some there are some tragic, tragic yearbook photos of me. And for me, like it was I went to a, I think we both went to like, I don't know, majority white schools. Mm -hmm. I did. Right. Mm -hmm. I went to like several different high schools. Some were more like less diverse than others, but certainly like really white middle school. And then later in my senior year, really like non-diverse and I would get picked on so bad, especially by other black girls for my hair. Like you need, and we were like struggling financially. Relaxers cost money. We all know that, right? Like $50 to get a, you know, and if you weren't able to keep touch-ups, it'd be more expensive. They want like $80. But yeah, I would get, I would get picked on and I never loved my hair. I always felt like it was something to hold me back. I couldn't get it wet. Everyone had pool parties and I'd be worried about getting it wet. And my mom 
like I, my mom loved me, but I could tell she didn't love my hair. And that had an impact. We've talked about it since, but it it really, it, and I feel like more women go through that too. Like to feel that your mom or your the women in your life or your, whoever you're with, like look at your hair as a burden. It does not make you love anything. You know, it doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good about it. I will say I was um, at least so. fortunate to grow up in a house where like everybody's hair was like my hair. So I didn't feel, although I yeah. went to Westfield High School and it was largely white, like 99.99 cents, you know, at, in the house, there were four other little girls who had hair like mine. And my mom, although she had like a perm and she used to wear wigs. Sorry, mom. I know. It's like, don't play with about these wigs. <laughs> but like still, yeah, under, like everything. <laughs> but now, you know, but like yeah. under it all, like her hair was like mine. So I didn't feel weird. I One thing I did, I will remember is that like I, you know, after the Jerry Curl group, I was like, mm -mm. and I just started to get braids because braids started to be really popular. So we would get braids and um, and I played sports. And so that was like, because I played like uh, sports, like I, I used to run track, I played tennis. It was just easier, especially when Brandy came out when I was around 15, Brandy and I are the same age. So she came out, she was about 14, 15. And I was like, oh my gosh, she really popularized um, natural hair via braids. And so all of us had braids. I remember micro braids, which took forever to do and put in, but it gave me this sense of like, okay, I don't have to do my hair daily, but they can still look really nice. And I really, like, I love that period of like, of, of braids other than like, you know, the cause it was very low maintenance other than the taking it out and putting it in. And then for some reason, I, it was like, cause I wasn't gonna play sports in college. And so I decided my, my, I think I wanted to be like grown and sophisticated. That's what I thought it would look like. I got a perm freshman year, um, right before college, my freshman year in college. And, you know, like it just, my hair was like, girl, what are you doing? At one point I was like, I'm gonna be one of those monks that only has like a little piece of ponytail in the middle because it was eating up all of my sides, the back, I went to this, um, there was this West Indian woman, Jama um, she was Jamaican, um, Lois, I'll never forget. And I used to go to her to get my perm. And, and I was like, um, and she was the one that told me, she's like, honestly, Tiffany, your texture hair is so opposed to the, to the, to the straight texture of the perm you're trying to achieve that you would either have to get perms so frequently that it's dangerous or, you know, like when your hair grows in, which is like this tight curl and the perm is this really straight, where they're meeting, it's breaking, no matter what break. we're doing. So she life. was like, girl, honestly, and this is before the natural movement. And I remember thinking, what am I gonna do? I took scissors, I wasn't thinking, and I just cut off all of like, it was just breakage everywhere. I would comb it and hair would just be on my shoulders. Hair was always everywhere and it was devastating. Like I felt like I was going bald. And I was just like, so I just cut it. And I started this kind of like teeny weeny Afro that everybody was horrified by. I mean, black women would stop me in the street and say, why would I do this to myself? Cause it's not like now, nobody was natural. You know, like maybe with braids or whatever, but like a fro. And so I rocked a fro for years when I was, I rocked a fro, like I want to say the last maybe like year in college and then beyond. I, that's how I met Jarrell. He used to love my little fro. He's like, I ain't never seen nobody with a fro. You look cute. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I loved my fro, although the fro, because every every hairstyle requires different products. So um, with braids, sometimes it's itchy. So you have like these itchy hairspray things. And then you want to like, you know, you keep your, like they would have you grease your scalp, you know, like the the um, the parts, right? And then with um, a fro, like for my hair, it's so thirsty. So I was putting so much product in it just for it to not be super dry because with Afro texture here, you cannot typically comb it just dry out there. Like you will just be, yes, it's painful and you're gonna see hair all over the place. So it has to be in a state of moisturization. Like you have to have just at least washed it. Maybe it has conditioner in it, but I used a lot of product when I had a fro and um, it was a lot of work. People think that natural hair is not a lot of work that compared to like permed hair. <laughs> Who people? <laughs> so much work. And so, but I love that fro. Um, I used to get twist outs with it. I learned all these different things to do. I would get like twist outs. I would get braid outs. I would get all these fun things. And then I want to say maybe like four or five years into having a fro, I really contemplated have getting locks, you know? And I was just like, I think um, I want to not, I want the the freedom of like the braids without the the take down and, and, and put in of Ugh, the braids. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I considered, I did a lot of research on like what kind of locks to get. And one of the things I always hated about a perm is the dryer time. Oh my gosh. The dryer time. If you get a perm, oh, whew, I can't I even. I always wondered like, why can't you just use a blow dryer? Because regular locks are like, you twist them, like you use whatever pomade or whatever um, gel or whatever, and you twist them and you sit under the dryer for hours. I said, not me. And something called sister locks was just starting to gain popularity. And it's basically this inter this ancient interlocking system that was born in Africa, where you don't twist them. It's almost like backward braiding. You take the end of the lock and then you loop it through like the gap in your root and you pull it through. And so if when doing that a number of times, it actually begins to braid the root. And so you never have to sit under the dryer. And they were really expensive back then. I don't know like if they're super expensive now, but to start them, you anywhere from like two, three hundred dollars to like five, six hundred dollars to start them. Um, and so I started my sister lock journey, I want to say in my mid twenties, maybe I was 25, 26, something like that. And um I've had them ever since. Like now if you if you were to see me now, my my would you say mid back? Eh, my hair's kind of mid back. But it was longer before and I cut them to my chin and now they're back again. So I've had them like what, 20 years now? Um maybe not 20, maybe like 15-ish. But either way, I love them. Like, you know, I consider cutting them all off one day, like the other day, but not the other day, but I just. The other day. Yeah. But I, meaning like in maybe the, like a few years with ago. Me, with the scissors. <laughs> just because I was like, oh, maybe we'll do something different. But honestly, I really, I love them because I'm kind of a tomboy. So I'm not someone who is going to do my hair a ton. So it's like, it's done. Um, and what I love about them is locks, especially anything past 10 years, you get what they call mature locks. So in the beginning, your locks are like, just like basically like a braided fro. And then they start to bud, which is when they get like these, like they look like these fat chunky caterpillars. You ever see people with that? And then the bud, it, there's an awkward stage, a teenage stage to lock where like the top part is is tighter, but then there are buds at the bottom. And people typically don't like that stage. You stay there for a few years. And then they start to fully almost look like a braid all throughout. So I am fully mature lock that's over 10 years. And um, and as a result of them being so tightly compacted in these neck, I, when I tell you, Landy, I don't put anything in my hair. I wash my hair like with shampoo. Um, I use like um, a little bit of like really conditioner and that's it like day to day. I don't put anything because um, there's no space for them. It will just like kind of sit on top. And I, 
Yeah, this is the easiest and like my favorite style. Yeah, I mean, I, I likely will ride off into the sunset with this style, but I'm in a space now where I can honestly say that I love my hair. I think it's, I think it's beautiful and I think it's strong and it reminds me of my great grandmother that I met one time in Nigeria, which I wish I took a picture because I remember staring at her curl pattern and thinking it looks exactly like mine. And so, yeah, I love my hair now. Oh, I love it too. It's just, it's just you. I mean, it really became, it's, and it's so versatile and beautiful. It's beautiful. I, um, when you mentioned Brandy, I was like, my, my hair icons when I was little were the sister, sister twins, Tia and Tamara, <laughs> because I was like, wait, they have curly hair until the later years when they got them, they all had relaxers. And then I wanted the relaxer even more when Tia and Tamara got it done when they straightened their curls. But that was my first inkling that maybe there could be a different life for me, but no one would ever let me get to that point because as soon as it grew out, it was a mess. It was nappy. It was we had it had to. Be, it was a problem that needed to be taken care of, right? Um, I wonder for you because this is called like the Dove Crown Collection. It reminds me of the Crown Act actually, and Dove co-sponsored the Crown Act, which is not federal law yet, but it is in some several states, which basically says in the workplace because Black women like we have. I mean, there's so many examples of people who have been, um, and even it's written into dress codes in like schools and even some workplaces where um, braids, locks are not considered appropriate for the workplace or for, you know, in a, in a school setting. And it's anyway, so I'm, I'm so happy now that there's actual and, and it needs to be like written into the law. You cannot discriminate against us for our hair. Um, and I know for me, as my career shifted from writer Mandy, like I was behind the scenes writing, the minute I got on camera, like when I was at Yahoo Finance in my early 20s, um, that's when <laughs> my confidence would just be like knocked every time I sat down in the hair and makeup room because, and it would come from stylists of all different backgrounds, but um, they didn't really want to touch my hair. It was like, can you, and when I, and when I started to transition, which was around that time, I was maybe 24, 26, 25, 26. Um, it was, well, the curls don't look good on camera. It's fuzzy. It's like, can you get them smooth? Could they be the perfect ringlets? You know, like, cause I feel like in, in pop culture, if there were natural curlies, they'd be like, they would be natural, but they'd be all like, they would have used a curling iron or a mini curl or something to get the perfect coils. I don't have that. Look at this. There's like a million different textures. They are the perfect you know, coils. Some of the girlies want to be European and, and, <laughs> and have my mom's blonde straight hairs. And some of the girlies are like, we are from the Western coast of Africa and we are proud of it. Like there's just a million different textures. But I'm so glad I stuck with it because it was a falling in love process for me. I it started at my temples. I could see, well, really what it started was I became too broke for New York City relaxer prices, okay? They were like hundreds of dollars to get, you know, a relaxer from a good salon. Um, and I just was like, I don't want to pay for that. So I would go longer and longer in between. And then I could start to see at my temple, the curls. And I just stopped. I just stopped getting relaxers. And then thank God for YouTube. Because you mentioned like um, doing the research about locks, I was researching like, and I learned about protective styles, Bantu knots. I could get a natural curl, you know, from learning how to do Bantu knots. And just so for all the YouTubers out there who do hair content, I'm like, thank you for providing the guidance that those of us who don't have family or loved ones who understand our hair culture or styles, like that was really my education. 
Um, and I rocked a little baby fro because for me, I transitioned and I would do the same. I would cut like where the, because eventually it breaks. You have the curly hair and then you have the relaxed parts. And I would just cut more and more. And finally, I, I ended up trimming it all. I think I had like three or four inches of curls at that point. Um, and that was it. I just, I, it just was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. And there's no looking back ever since. It just feels like part of me. And of course, I think back to those years at Yahoo and I didn't, I hadn't yet found my own confidence in it. I definitely would have stuck up for myself more and not have been using flatten irons. And, and there's nothing wrong with flat irons and all that, but, you know, for a lot longer, but I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's so yeah, funny. It's, now. <laughs> it's funny it's because I've had celebrity stylists like, I don't know. I mean, I always come with my hair done because I'm like, what you're not going to do is play me. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, but every once in a while, they'll be like when I went to the Jennifer Hudson show, shout out to their stylist. I want to say he's Latino. And at first he was like, oh, I'm going to do your hair. I was like, it's OK, it's done. And he was like, no, no. But he did this beautiful braid that was so I was really impressed. And he actually had some. So sometimes the um the the really kinky curly girls they have to decide if they're going to like lay their edges down with gel. Like if you are watching on YouTube, what you ought to be, you can see that I typically don't lay my edges down with gel. I'm like, girl, this is this is my edge. Get into it. But sometimes for like TV or whatever, I will give it a little smoother, slicker, you know, more quote unquote professional, just because you know that's what the people be asking for. Um, but he, <laughs> uh, so he actually put me onto like a new gel that I had not. So I was really surprised that not only did he know about like my hair, but also products that worked because oftentimes, cause my hair is so tightly curled that most gel, gels are like my hair laughs at it like, girl, we've bested better than you. But like, <laughs> <laughs> bring it. Yeah. So, you know, we put this gel in and it was great, but I just, yeah, like now where I am now is that like, I, I come with the ass assumption that you don't know how to do my hair and that's fine. I will come with my hair done. We just pray that the makeup artist knows how to do my brown skin <laughs> at this point. Hey, 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 BA fam, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Thankfully, if I'm being candid, one of the reasons why I also like sister locks is because traditional locks are typically bigger and thicker. And they're usually when people say locks are unprofessional, that's what they mean. So if I'm being candid, sister locks was like a safer lock option, you know, meaning that like, it's like, They're it's skinnier. more palatable. Yes. Yeah. To like 
to the, you know, to, to, you know, to in the, the professional space. Yeah. You know, so I've never felt that my hair was, um, you know, unprofessional. Um, but because I chose these kind of like with this underlying, like, uh, let me get these skinnier locks. So it doesn't feel like, oh, she got locks. She over here, black power, even though I am black power. <laughs> um, but even like being on the cover of my book, it goes with money. You know, like to be like this sister lock girl. You should have seen when they did the cover. So Tanetta Bell, who's a, an amazing photographer, she did like all of me and Mandy's um, pictures for Brown Ambition. She's done all my headshots. So Tanetta took the picture. And at first when the cover came back, you know, because that's not the ba the background of the book is green, but I think like the actual background of the picture was like brown or white or whatever. So they had to cut me out, you know, like, you know, like cut me out so they could put me on this green background. You should have seen how they cut my hair out. It was just like, it looked like, you know, just a smooth circle because I have a bun on my butt. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tanetta yeah. came in was like, no, absolutely not. She made them zoom in and cut around my small little curl. So that's yeah. why like the book looks so great because they kept the texture of what my hair actually looks like. But that's what I mean about taking the extra step because when you, it looked, the book looked, didn't look as good because the initial care was not taken to ensure that the way my hair is actually shaped shows up, you know? And I'm just so grateful to that sister, hey girl, you know, like stepped in, it was like, no, we're not doing that. Like I took this beautiful picture and part of the beauty is Tiffany's kinky, curly, beautiful hair. We're gonna honor that on the book cover. And so yeah, professionally, Sometimes I do think about it, but you know, I'm at a point now where I'm like, girl, take it or leave it. And you know, but I'm grateful that, that many times the places that I've been invited, people know something about my hair, or at least I know how to do it enough myself, where I just come. Like I know how to do enough myself where like I come ready because you know, you just never know. And I don't want to take the risk. When was the first time someone tried to touch your hair? Do you remember? Um, I remember in high school, like probably middle school, but I distinctly remember in high school that like someone came up behind me. You know what it was? I had gotten braids over the weekend and one of the girls, non-melanated, was like, oh my God, your hair grew so fast. And I was like, <laughs> at your oh, at your grown age of 14, I'm just going to use like just a little common sense. And yeah. I was like, I didn't know what to say because I was, honestly, I was embarrassed mm -hmm. because back then it was like, you have fake hair. You know, and I just yeah, said, like it was something to be ashamed of. Yes. You know? yeah. And I just said, yeah, because no one was wearing extensions then, you know, like as far as like, you know, as far as I knew, like I knew like all the black girls knew like, oh, you get your, you know, you get your braids or whatever. But like now, like everyone, black, white, Asian, everyone gets like hair extensions, but it wasn't as common. And so I remember like people would always wanted to touch my braids and I didn't have kind of like the language to tell people, no, I would just be kind of like the petting zoo animal, like, okay. Um, and so like, I'm all for curiosity because I too sometimes curious about somebody's hair, but to reach out and touch someone without their consent, whether it's their fuzzy sweater or their hair is absolutely a no-no. And you know, you would think that people would have enough common sense to know you don't touch anyone for whatever reason without their consent. Like, you know, you just, you just don't. And so it's crazy now because I have my niece Amelia I just saw them yesterday. So I call Roman and Amelia the crazies. So I went to go visit the crazies yesterday. And Amelia had the little Bantu knots, which were like indicative of she must have just got her hair washed yesterday. You know? And I was like, oh, Mimi, you got your hair washed. You could tell she was like, oh, 
my life because she stay on T. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she could tell that she was just like she just so she's all natural. My sister Carol, who those are her kids, they're all natural. And we tried with braids with Amelia. She just can't sit. Like she's still so little. She's only five. So like getting like a whole intricate braided style. She's kind of what 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 black folks call tender headed. And so like Carol does like more like Afro puffs for her. So it's like not as much time sitting down. And so you know I'm curious to see like what Amelia's like hair journey will be because her texture I was looking at it and I was like oh my gosh it looks just like my great grandmother's looks, looks just like mine like tightly curled it's beautiful you know and I just was like so yeah she's an afro puff girl for now though <laughs> but now Mimi and all the other little girls you got a whole aisle almost at the grocery store now of <laughs> options for yourself like Rio I use Shea Moisture in his hair and like Cantu conditioner he's got really he's got loose curls but I am like hyper vigilant of how I talk about my hair and his hair because I want him to love it. And I finally got him now he says, and he loves playing in my hair. And I remember when I was little, it used to hurt me because my little brother loved my mom's and my sister's hair. My sister's full white, my mom is full white, but my brother and I are both biracial. And he would just love the silky strands of my sister's and my mom's hair and he would play. And then I would kind of feel, you know, I would be like, no, no one wants to play. You can't run your comb your fingers through this. <laughs> like, <laughs> not even like, uh, you know, it would need you would need some heavy duty equipment to do that. But um, and but Rio loves playing with my hair. He says, "Mommy, your hair floofy," and I Aww. said, "Your hair is because I call it floofy." And he's like, "My hair floofy too," and he kind of like pats his little poof. Um, yeah, I just want him to. I'm happy for kids today because they, they're. I, I hope anyway that they can grow up loving it and really embracing the the uniqueness of it and no one's gonna try to although people do try to touch rio's hair i mean i don't necessarily blame them because it's so freaking cute um no one tried to touch my hair until i started going natural and then in the workplace it would happen usually in the bathroom can i just i'm just this is so cool like this is great and like i feel like as i was transitioning that was something i had to get used to was now my hair people comment on it even more but i get so much love it's healing to me from being and i might get a little emotional but like it's healing for me from being like a middle school dreading like picking alternative routes if i saw you know black girls walking down the hall the same the ones who would bully me because I mean, and black girls, like I had some of my best friends in school, I was usually, um, you know, I, I gravitated toward, um, well, I gravitated toward them in band class, like all the sax players, they were like dope. <laughs> like all my friends were black, but I would still get picked on in the hallway. Um, but now women stop me and they'll be like, I love your hair at TJ Maxx or at Target or whatever. Um, and I try to do the same because. You know, I think we're all healing. We're at some, I feel like every black woman you see, every woman with textured hair you see, black, brown, whatever, um, there's a healing little girl inside them who's learned to love their curls. And it's because of products like Dove, of course, that make it possible that we can actually take good care of our hair and embrace it finally. Yeah. And I, what I love too is that like, I use Dove products not just for my hair, but for my body too, because there's, a, there's options for sensitivity because I am really... I've got super sensitive skin. I just can't put just anything, any product in my hair. Like I'm very product light when it comes to my, you know, um, hair because it's locked now. And so I love the option to be able to use products that because it's, you, when you're putting products in your hair, it's not just your hair. It rolls down into your face and your body and your back. So I'm like hyper vigilant yeah. about like, I just can't use just anything. And so, yeah, we're super happy that they've decided to 
to create a space for us to talk about our hair and our journey. So we, we both say that we both agree that like we're in a space with our hair where we're like, girl, 10 out of 10, I would recommend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and hey, if y'all have ever, yeah, 10 out of 10. I mean, it's not an easy life. The, this life, this natural hair, the, this maintenance is not the easiest, but I have my go-to style. This is my version of sister locks now. It is like a pony and a big bang. And just all I have to do is trim it like a hedge. I haven't had a proper haircut, as you can probably tell, in a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm really proud, and I and I feel like for anyone out there, I mean, I I do know it still happens. Like even especially if you have a public facing, like you're in front of people, the comments will come through. And like if there's anyone who wants to share, if you've had experiences like that and how you've handled it, because even though it's written in law now that you can't be discriminated against because of your hair and how you wear it. Um, that doesn't mean it's it's also, you know, illegal to pay women less than men for the same work. But yet here we have the wage gap. So it's still happening. And I want to live in that place of reality. So yeah, I feel like if you've ever had that issue, or even when you're interviewing, it's like, how do I wear my hair for an interview? Should I straighten it? You know, should I tame it, you know, for the first interview for the first impression, that still happens. And I and I totally get why you have that why you have to like go back and forth like that. And it's just like this mental burden that some, like other people just don't understand, you know? We'd love to There's hear no, from you guys though. Well, like when have you fallen, when did you fall in love with your hair if you have? And yeah. you, know, you can tweet us, DM us. We'd love some beautiful heartwarming or we have a heartwarming hair story so we can share because I think, you know, maybe this is a great episode. If you got a little girly, a little curly girly, have her sit next to you and listen. <laughs> or a curly boy. Yeah, What's Curly Boyly. <laughs> I forgot that's true. <laughs> oh, thanks, y'all. I think this is that's our brown boost too. Like, right? Loving yeah. your hair. Cause yeah. Loving your hair and letting that and just falling in love with it, that relationship that you have. I'm really happy that I've gotten to a place now in my 30s where, okay, I feel like no more hating it. Just embrace it. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I do hate it because the detangling process is <laughs> special. But yeah. Yay, hair. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. thank you to Deb for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> yes, we will see you guys next week. Well, we'll see you hopefully on Friday for BAQA. If you've got questions, we've got answers. Until next week slash Friday. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye, BA fam. Hey, BA fam. We could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.